done. Old Bella's on his way to the landfill. <laughs> Cost me $20 and a six-pack for the garbage man. You'd think the dollar I'd give him at Christmas would be enough. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I washed your killing clothes. <laughs> Have a nice day, honey. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? Here we are, back in the nudie bar. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, being home was such a drag. Yeah, and I'm trying to enjoy the sound of skin-on-skin contact, and here you are, yapping away. Like we have a show to do or something. Jesus. I'm very sorry. Yeah, Mars, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing like being in the nudie bar, guys. We are in the Jiggly Room live. This is show number three. We are covering Married with Children... Episode 3, But I Didn't Shoot the Deputy. This episode was aired April 19th, 1987. And for $100, name the chief exporter of the United States. Wheat. Machinery. Machinery is correct. Now, which state produced the most U.S. presidents? Illinois. Virginia. Virginia is correct. Now, which side of the brain controls analytical thinking? The right. The left. The left is correct. And we'll be right back after this brief commercial message. Hey, America, who do you call when you don't want to cook? Ahabs. Ahabs is correct. (laughs) Yes, Ahabs for fish and fowl. Yes, opening soon in an economically depressed area near you. (laughs) I guess what we learn right off the bat is Peg pretty much sucks at trivia. I mean, don't ever go on Jeopardy. And, uh, you know, she she can't get a single one right, but she definitely knows how to not cook. Yeah, she got the commercial right. <laughs> Ahabs. Like, what is Ahabs? Like, how, how do you even come up with a name like that? I thought it was weirder. Like, I expected them to say fish because of the name Ahab, but then they were like, and foul. And I'm like, oh, you have chicken also? Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I like how they call it foul. It's so funny. Like, like that sounds appetizing. Why would you name something so delicious something so negative? Like the guy was like who discovered it was like, this is delicious. I can't have anyone else know about this so I can have it all for myself. <laughs> it's called foul. <laughs> it sucks, guys. Just don't go near it. Yeah, don't fry it's it. It's foul. Oh. <laughs> More for me. So, yeah, guys, go to Ahab's. You know, tell your wife she doesn't want to cook. You guys can just go to Ahab's and uh, have some good foul. So, so, so oddly enough, again, uh, Alan Peg go to have sex on the couch. And I'm you initiated Peggy. it. Peggy initiated because she was rubbing him down and started like kissing him on the neck. And even though this one got interrupted, I'm giving the point to Peggy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she gets it. Because no, it would have gone down. <laughs> and I, I love how even at this point, not that this should be uh, surprising anyone after that tirade in the first episode that she totally put Al on blast in front of Stephen Marcy as soon as they walked in but she says 10 minutes he had seven more than we'll need <laughs> now do you guys ever remember uh when you were I, it's funny because Al's like 40 years old like what why is he only lasting three minutes it's like so weird <laughs> wait that's not normal uh yeah i guess depends on what you're going for when you're anyway so uh what had like people busting the door or something let's change that subject um (laughs) yeah like what is this all about the neighborhood watch just walks in your house i can remember in the early 90s like i can remember people just walking into my house like i we knew them they would be friends or neighbors or whatever just walking into the house but that doesn't happen nowadays yeah, I do. I, I I honestly do remember that quite well as as well. That I had a lot of family in the area, a lot of friends, and and they would just come on over, walk through the screen door, you know. So hmm. that yeah, that doesn't happen anymore at all. <laughs> I I never, I never lived anywhere with a neighborhood watch though. 
Yeah, which me is neither. which is good for me because I I did a lot of bad things, but still, yeah, it, worst neighborhood watch ever. By the way, oh yeah, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> they just come in, drink his beer, and yeah, they, uh, they literally give one beer to everybody, and then they give him like the empty little six pack holder. <laughs> He's like, oh really? Hell? I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like literally, people walking into your house. I mean. I, I don't know. I'm a very different type of person. So if I, I get infuriated, if somebody, if I don't get a complete heads up that you're coming over, like I moved in this neighborhood uh, a year ago, <laughs> within like 10 months, I guess, the next door neighbor felt comfortable enough with me that he just rang my doorbell to ask me if I want to come over and hang out at his fire pit. And something about that really bothered me. Because <laughs> isn't that like really crazy? I was like, dude, why are you ringing my doorbell? If I don't happen to see you when I'm pulling in my driveway, then then don't bother me, please. And that guy is now under his floorboards. <laughs> Do you call him Steve? Yeah, well, it's funny because I told my wife that you know we watched a lot years of Married with Children together. She is just as big of a fan as I am. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't think anybody in the world is because... And she doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she doesn't have a podcast. That proves she's not as big of a fan. And I said to her, you know, sadly enough, hon, this stuff never happens, you know. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, there's there's really never going to be a Steve and Marcy in our life. Like, we're never going to have people that always hang out. Or, you know, nobody has time for that. Nobody does this. Nobody does that. Nobody gets that comfortable. They all, they have kids, and it's just a hassle. Like, nobody does things like that. And then she's like, well, what about these, these people next door? I go, I don't want them to be Stephen Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like them. That's fine. But I don't, I don't oh. want that. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, these guys just walk in the house. They're terrible. Uh, their big announcement, which I kind of felt bad about, is that Stephen Marcy's house was robbed this afternoon and you know i guess that's funny or something for the show but my my place was robbed i lived in an apartment and they came in and took everything and it's really weird because in this episode they mentioned that first they go for the small things then they come back and get the big stuff and that is exactly what they did to me uh but the problem is it was an inside job it had to do it was like a real shady area i was living in the landlord had this group of guys he was like a younger guy too like in his 30s and there was all bad news i should have never even been there but yeah i got hit twice and it was the worst thing ever yeah i i actually got robbed once when i was like uh you know like 10 or something as well i was living in in like a projects type area and and they came in and i remember to this day they stole my entire vhs collection like all my horror movies and disney movies and the vcr and the tv it was dreadful and i always remembered like having a weird feeling that like wow like somebody was standing here like somebody yep. somebody some stranger was standing right here like looking at all my stuff and it gave me like the eeriest feeling for you know years <laughs> and i still think about it when i see things you know on tv or movies where people have gotten robbed yeah, it was it was terrible, dude. Yeah, I I got robbed, but luckily they stole all my roommate shit because he had like an Xbox 360, a super nice computer, a real flat screen TV. They go so in you my were happy room to be poor then. <laughs> yeah, well, they go in my room and see like a, a you know big back CRT TV that weighs 500 pounds <laughs> with a Super Nintendo hooked up to it, and then just and and a, and a, st- a stack of Super Nintendo games, and and they're like. Nothing in here, guys. So none of my shit got stolen. Not a single fucking thing. Wow. You know, it's weird, Justin, that you say that because they took only the good stuff of mine, like the the Blu-ray player, DVD, TV, computer, uh, anything, uh, my digital camera, which was a big deal at the time. It wasn't on your phone like it is. And, uh, and all this other stuff, uh, digital video camera, uh, everything. And somehow they didn't touch any of my like memorabilia, like, uh, and they didn't touch any of my movies at all, and none, none of the DVDs, none of the Blu-rays, nothing like that. Wow. Yeah, really weird. They just went for the big ticket items. So I got, I get. It, oddly enough, my sentimental stuff. The only thing I'm missing in that sense is everything that was on my computer. Other than that, nothing physically sentimental was taken. 
Did y'all have the uh, Hellraiser pinhead reaction of using fish hooks as revenge, or is that just Marcy? <laughs> yeah, Marcy, man. Holy. Now, the question before us is what are we going to do about it? I say we hunt the scum down and then we run them over with our cars. <laughs> then we get out these fish hooks. Marcy! We... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. It's just that I feel violated. Someone's been in my home, in my bedroom. I feel so helpless. We'd all feel helpless in your bedroom, Mars. <laughs> and she's against guns, and, like, she wants to have just as much, if not more, like, vicious violence with a dog or hooks and everything else. Huh? Look, you can't depend on anybody but yourself. I put this off long enough. I'm buying a gun. A gun is not the answer. You can't curtail the criminal element by sinking to their level. Oh, excuse me, miss. Let's run them over and get out the fish hooks. <laughs> I was upset. I wasn't thinking clearly. Now, come on. There's got to be a more humane way to protect our home and possessions. There is. We'll get a dog. A good watchdog. A guard dog. A Doberman. I'm sitting there, and she goes, uh, "There's or her and Steve are like, there's more humane ways to deal with this than a gun and i'm like okay first of all this they want a gun you want a dog they want to shoot someone you want to use your dog as a slave fighter to use its teeth to rip out someone's throat and possibly get hurt in the in, in the uh process in the pro thank you that's why i like you in the process of this whole thing yet you're more humane She's just loony. Yo, dude, you'll wait till you see the thing that her. She has a lot of uh, things going on in her head. Well, <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh God, dude. She and I love it. It's, it's all amazing. Believe me, it's uh, really develops her character. Steve, first thing tomorrow, we're going to one of those deadly doggy places. <laughs> yes. yes, Al, because we're against guns and the violence they stand for. That's right. A dog. A vicious dog <laughs> with sharp teeth that'll go through a jugular like a hot knife cutting through butter on a warm summer night. <laughs> so that the next guy who tries to get in my bedroom uninvited will walk out on bloody stumps. <laughs> By the way, before we go on much too further, I want everyone to remember Al just got his radio stolen out of his car. Just remember that. Oh, I know. I know what you're going to say. It's so funny, right? Okay, Justin, remember this because okay. it'll, it'll be remember it. very important. Uh, not very today, soon. not tomorrow, but one day, <laughs> one day, <laughs> your future. All right, cool. Yeah, it's it's odd, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's funny too that Al has <laughs> like no compassion for Steve and Marcy, and you know when it was broken into, it's not like he didn't care, but it, he was he seemed indifferent. But as soon as you told him that his his Dodge was broken into. He's like, that's it. I'm buying a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when they first said that, I'm sorry about your car getting broken. I thought they were going to make a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just sorry about your car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I thought that was a joke they were going to go with. And then it was like, no, his car actually got broken into. <laughs> and now he's up in arms. Now he cares. Now he kicks everybody out. Yeah. It's, yeah. He kicks him right out. Like what, what were they going to discuss? I guess it was, it was pointless. It was, it was like so weird. I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, so Steve and Marcy go ahead and they're against guns, I guess. And no, we're not going to talk politics here. <laughs> I could care less what anybody does. Yeah, I don't care if you buy a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you said it right there. Perfect. Uh, so they go and get a Doberman. The next scene is, I guess it's, I think it takes place uh, weeks later. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. And the Bundys, oddly enough, are eating dinner, and uh, Bella, the dog, is constantly barking. He has already eaten a neighborhood a neighborhood cat. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just got to stand up. I know most guys are dog lovers, but I'm a cat lover, so fuck this dog. <laughs> what, what are you, Alex? Are you a cat person or a dog person? See, I, I lived with a cat for years. When I first moved out, I had to take the cat because my parents didn't want it. And they said, well, you have to take it when you move. And I got to tell you, man. Well, hold up. Hold up. How did that conversation go? Son, you're taking the cat. I know it's not your cat, but you're taking the cat. Get it out of my house. I was into, I was into him and stuff, sort of. Okay, I don't want to know what you were doing with the cat, Alex. <laughs> Alex, what was this cat's name? Because when you just say I was into him, like it, it sounds creepy. Oh, Randy. 
Randy. Never mind. Randy the cat. That's that's more creepier. Go back to just being a cat. Well, it was named after the kid from A Christmas Story, Ralphie's brother, Randy. Why Ralphie's brother? Because my sister bought the cat, and she wanted to name him that, I guess. Uh, So why didn't your sister take the cat? I don't know. She just moved and then left him there. I I have really no idea why he was allowed to be left there when she left, but when I left, (laughs) suddenly I have to... Well, we found out who the favorite child is. Yeah. (laughs) Alex is the butt of the family. And what's what's more funny is you said it was named after the kid from Christmas Story. In my notes, I I have a Christmas Story joke. Wow. Well, it's weird because I got—I was like, well, I'm just trying to move out and start my life, and I'm gonna have a cat running around the house. Maybe so you were trying to. So you're a cat just, person then. Uh, well, here's the thing: I didn't. The cat was such a bore; I could care less. And when he died, like he died right in front of me. Like I literally watched him fall over, and they like stared at me as he did his last breath. And all are you that. serious, Jesus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was—I think it was April twelfth, uh, two thousand four, I believe, and. Um, Oh, wow. Is that the date of this episode? No, it's 19th. Okay. The cat was so uninteresting to live with that I really just... The only reason I'd pick a cat over a dog at this point is because I think they're sort of cleaner. But he went through this period where he used to drag his ass across the carpet to clean it and stuff. And I was like, dude, this has to... <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I really was not looking to replace him at all. Then when we bought this house, I was thinking, I think it would be nice to have a dog in the house. Then... I started thinking about how disgusting and messy they are and stuff, and and I go to my parents' house, and the dog takes a crap in the house when they're at work every day because I stay there for a week, and they were he did it every day. So I was like, what the hell's going on in this house? Sounds like you needed to take him outside, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> I wasn't in the house. Ha- I come home before them, and the crap would already be there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I decided I don't want any animals. But if I did get a dog, I would definitely get the buck dog just because I love this show. Yeah, I'm a dog guy. Yeah? Yeah. My dog's my dog's pretty cool. He doesn't get a bathroom in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, he ate a neighbor's cat. Uh, I, raw, I guess. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, of course, raw. What do you think he made him? He threw him on the grill. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is protective gear. You see, Bella still hasn't accepted us as his rightful owners. You named that dog after Bella Lugosi? No, Abzug. (laughs) We thought it was kind of cute, but he won't wear the hat. I didn't get that. What does that mean? Did anybody look up who Bella Abzug is? No. No, because I I could never tell what name she was saying. Yeah, I was like, huh. So I was just like, you know what? If Marcy's into it, I'm pretty sure I won't care. It's probably like a, it's a, like a singer, like a guy, you know, whatever. Uh, if you guys want, if anybody wants, I can't do it right now. But if you want to look it up, it's B L A and then A B Z U K. That's his name. So anyway, the the neighborhood watch just opens his door again and says that another guy's house was robbed. And it's like how ironic that these guys are supposed to prevent break-ins and all they do is break into people's house and and tell them things. Oh, listen, Al, by the way, uh, we want to apologize about your fence. What happened to my fence? Bella ate through it. Wow. It was just a little piece. Yeah, not much, really. uh, About the size of a human face. Rhodes, what are we going to do about this? Look, we'll handle this the same way we dealt with the cat incident. Get estimates and we'll make it good. And by the way, Bella chewed a hole in... uh, Bundy Spence, remember that because (laughs) two times this episode, remember this because it comes into play later. I like that. I like that. By the way, Bella Abzug is an American lawyer. It's a girl, actually, uh, and a leader of the women's movement. What? (laughs) National women's politic. Oh, that's why Marcy likes her. Yeah. The women's movement. Wow. I was right. If Marcy's into it, I'm not. (laughs) There's some women movements I'm into. Ah. (laughs) Specifically, the lady over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the dog chews a hole in the buddy's fence, about the size of a human face. And uh, (laughs) so Al's sleeping, and all of a sudden you hear glass break. Then you hear, like, sounds that really do sound like breaking and entry sounds. And then you hear another glass break, and Al freaks out. He says, 
you know, get the gun? Do you want to end up, do you want to, our names to be in the newspapers? You know, this, that, the other thing. He really believes he's getting hit, you know, for, for good reason. So he, he finds the gun and then he says, where are the bullets? And Peg put him in the bowling ball fingers. Like, like if, <laughs> if he really wanted to hide him from Al, maybe him going to bowling every Thursday is not the best idea to hide him in his bowling ball, right? right. Yeah, well, she was trying to hide him from Bud, but you're right. It's still a stupid choice for her to put him in that what I find funnier is when she like she's like call the police and he's like for what a noise and she's like call him and he goes to pick up the phone and <laughs> Kelly's on the phone and instead of going hey there's an intruder in the house we have to call the police we might all die he goes he's like I can't I can't call Kelly's on the phone and the best part is <laughs> the, this joke goes on later he's walking down the stairs and this is like the, at this point the show is dead serious there's almost no comedy at this moment. Except for that, and then he's walking down the stairs with a gun. He goes, Peg, if anything happens, take the kids, you know, run to the neighbor's house. Or I forget exactly what he said. But then he goes, and if Kelly hangs up the phone, call the, call cops. the police. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, that was really funny. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, wow, what a reminder that we're watching a comedy. <laughs> like, oh, my God, dude. You just said that again in a tense moment. I- I do have a big problem with this whole scene, though. So to finish out the scene, he claims he hears something and he goes, oh, it's outside on the porch, on the back porch. So he goes outside. Okay, creep, I see you. Freeze or I'll shoot. Oh, my God. Ow, ow. Oh. Oh, Al, are you all right? Yeah. What happened out there? I just shot Stephen Marcy's dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think Alex is a cat person. He just lied at a dog dying. Oh, uh, stop. He died here's, 30 years ago. Here's my issue. All the noises we heard definitely sounded like they came from inside. I don't think he would have heard them if, they, if it really was outside and if it was just Bella just in the bushes like well what if bella knocked over a table and glass i'm fell so off? glad you said that guess what you can see when al goes outside the chairs and the table perfectly fine sitting ah. there with no issues no there's mm. no you don't hear any glass there's nothing you can see or tell where there's glass breaking or anything like this this is the second time in this episode where just a story along it, they have to do a weird thing that doesn't make sense much like the neighborhood watch showing up <laughs> they do it again with this scene because there's just i guess most people when they're watching would not be watching it over and over again in 87 right so they wouldn't have seen it also the the way that he shoots the dog later when we find out what the dog was doing you know, and what he describes is like don't move or whatever like that doesn't really add up either I kind of just chalked it up to like, well, it's it's a sitcom, you know. Well, it's... how about it was dark? He thought the guy, the prowler, was crouching down and about to lunge at him, right? Maybe that would work. Yeah, yeah I get that because he so. says he sees yellow eyes looking at him, and you right. do clearly hear bushes rustling, like you do hear that. So, like him out there, why he shoots the dog makes sense. It's just the noises that led him to outside right, don't, don't make, any make sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. And so Kelly goes, you couldn't tell the difference between a human being and a dog. And he says he was wearing a hat. <laughs> it almost doesn't make sense because earlier Marcy said he, he refuses to wear the hat. So I guess we're to believe that he eventually was down with it. Like, like why would you say, why would you point out that he does not wear this hat you got for him that I guess looks like Bella Abzug? I don't know if she wears a hat. Um, then that's how Al didn't know it was a human or whatever. Yeah, I think that it was just sort of like one of those things where it's like when they first got the dog, they were trying to give it the hat. It wouldn't wear it. Eventually, they kind of got used to it. The dog kind of got used to them a little bit. They eventually got the hat on. But really, it was just a a reference to a later joke. It was a setup to a later joke, which is like he was wearing a hat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And the best the best line was when Steve said he refuses to acknowledge us as his rightful owners. Yeah, and him <laughs> him wearing the hat, maybe that was him like the dog getting used to them and it, it could be actual good story writing in a way cuz that you're right, that would that would uh give us a passage of time. 
like, you know, he wouldn't even do that. They had to wear those things on their arms because he was trying to kill them every time they went near him. And then now he's wearing the hat. He's he's getting acclimated to his surroundings. He's even like wandering off now and taking a crap in the Bundy's bushes. You know, like it could it could be a, a good way to actually show why they would even care a little bit more and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because if, if the dog was still being a vicious asshole, then they probably wouldn't be that upset. I mean, they'd probably still be a little upset, but they wouldn't have had any attachment. So yeah, it could actually be like good legit good writing. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I-, I love Bud's reaction of, yeah. can-, can I go see the dead body? <laughs> and and it reminded me of like Stand By Me, and it got me thinking, when y'all were kids, like, and y'all would go play like in the woods or whatever with your friends, did y'all have like just morbid, moments like that that as a young boy you were like i've gotta see this whether it was like someone telling you about a horror movie they saw or finding like a dead squirrel or something like that did y'all have anything like that yeah i mean for sure i I was always into weird stuff gross stuff whatever like if there was something dead and i was a little kid i probably wanted to see it um can't say that i walked upon many actual dead bodies of people but yeah i've never or I might have seen a dead dog, but like I've seen weird things with dogs, like got hit by cars and they were dragging their back legs and stuff. So to me, that was more terrifying than. Oh, that's so disturbing. I've seen that too. My school bus ran over uh, the back of a neighborhood dog's legs <sighs> one day, and like this is like fourth grade or whatever. One of the kids on the bus just starts going, "Look at the doggy floppage! Look at the doggy floppage!" And that has <laughs> stuck with me. My entire life was this kid just yelling, look at the doggy floppage. Floppage. Yeah. I seen my friend's dog get hit by a car right in front of me. Uh, That's That was brutal, too. (laughs) Okay, let's change the subject. This is getting depressing. (laughs) Isn't this supposed to be a comedy show? (laughs) Uh, So so Peg, uh, oddly enough, gets turned on (laughs) by the fact that Al just off the dog. And, uh, you know, he's a good shot. He popped him right between his eyes. And there's not a lot of space between those eyes, as Al tells us. And he still did it. Uh, I don't know how he would know in in the dark. Steve and Marcy come by. And Al trying to evade the whole point of why they're there is, like, so funny. Because it's almost, as he's doing it, I... That's exactly what I'd be doing. <laughs> like, I'd be like, wow, look, hey, look, it's Steve and Marcy from next door. You know, like, let's focus that they're from next door and not why they're here. Or, you, hey, so what are you two crazy kids doing? Yeah, that's so funny, man, that whole exchange. And Peggy will not say anything. Yeah. And then yeah. when she finally does say something, she brings up the one point she shouldn't bring up. Uh, I think she brings up the dog. Right. Like, like, seriously. Amazing. Like, you don't, like, we just killed the dog. The whole point of us not bringing it up, if they don't bring it up, and you bring up the goddamn dog. (laughs) And I like how Al says, you gotta let me finish when I explain it to you. And he goes, okay, I shot your dog. I'm finished. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what else, why would he say, like, you would think if he has a lot to say, he would, and it's weird, it doesn't make any sense, because he should have, if he had a lot to say, and they should let him finish it, you would think it's, I shot your dog. Listen. I thought there was a prowler. Glass was broken. I heard rustling as if someone was trying to get our house. I went out there. All I saw he had was a hat two... on. Yeah, he had a hat on. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I, I thought I was shooting a human being, but I shot your dog. And and they were like, and then then okay, I'm finished. But instead, he has nothing. He has no real explanation. And then maybe Steve... it's a lack of sympathy. Maybe like maybe he doesn't really care that much. <laughs> no, I think he cares. I think he's sort of like, oh man, what did I just do? He seems it. I think he just doesn't want to deal like he's the kind of person who he feels bad for, it, but he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to like yeah. actually have to deal with these people. And and you see it when when Steve goes outside, all you you have him telling her that your dog came to my defense. The the prowler shot at me. I shot back at him and Bella just got caught in the crossfire. And then and Marcy's like. But I only heard one shot, and he tries to George Lucas the shit out of it. And oh, just, yeah, yeah, Greedo shot first. The same, yeah, we shot at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God, Bella shot first. <laughs> oh, my God. And then... You shot my dog in the middle of a bowel movement? <laughs> Steve! 
Yes, dear. How do you know? Well, number one, he didn't respond to any of my commands. And number two, his brains are in the begonias. And Marcy's expression of like, why was I even believing Al? Like, you can just see it in her face where she immediately just goes, that motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the best line, the line of the show is, <laughs> is he alive? Yeah, no. How do you know? Well, he didn't respond to any of my commands, and his brains are in the begonias. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, did they really just say that on TV? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and Steve's delivery of that line is, oh, perfect. And then uh, my my favorite line is when Marcy starts going off on Al, calling him, like, Mr. Macho, and Al's like, You killer! Uh, anyone for a cake or coffee? <laughs> now, listen, now, I, I said that I was sorry. Let me make it up to you. Let me get you another dog. For what? Target practice? <laughs> we told him not to get a gun. We told you not to get a gun, but you had to go out and be Mr. Macho. Now you've taken an innocent life. Uh, now, now, wait a second. This is not a defense, uh, but that dog was anything but innocent. I mean, he bit you. He he ate a cat. I mean, given enough time, he'd have robbed the bank. <laughs> like, of course, eating a cat, that is that is a gateway crime to robbing a bank per dog. <laughs> you don't think if they did a sequel to Cujo, it wouldn't be Cujo 2 robbing banks? It would. Yeah. He would be he would be robbing everyone in clown mask. It would have been terrible. And I would watch this. <laughs> How much you want for him? A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars for a dog that just sat there and let me shoot him. Forget the money. You know what I want? Your gun, Al. Give me your gun. All right. Um, he goes, well, how can I make this up to you? And she says uh, the dog was apparently a thousand dollars, which is still a lot even today. So yeah. actually, so that's like almost saying two thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven. Well, it also the dog, the the uh, protection gear they had, like those arm pads to train a dog. You can't just go down to Walmart to get those. Those had to be pricey. Oh yeah, and who and God only knows how much the hat cost. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then how much they also made a mention of how much food the dog ate. Plus, they I'm sure they paid some kind of money to the to the guy to the owner of the cat he ate. So it, it, it adds up. Yeah, well, yeah, Steve said, yeah, he, uh, the same thing with the fence, just give us a estimate and we'll take care of it. So he did pay for that eaten cat. Yeah, exactly. Instead of paying the thousand dollars, I don't even know how the, the Bundys would never come up with that. Al would have to get his next 300 paychecks by Friday, you know? <laughs> he, uh, instead, Marcy agrees to just give us your gun. And, I, I was wondering, I was going to ask you guys, would you have done this? Now, honestly, when he when he walked over and just gave it to her in the box, I literally would be like, well, yeah, of course I would, because the gun was less than $1,000. So, like, it's like me giving you 250 or whatever out of 1000 So, yeah, I could just go buy another gun if I really want one. I mean, it's, there's yeah. no difference. There's nothing to argue about. They go upstairs, and, oh, Peg is still in the mood for sex. So I think, you know what? Uh, she does she gets two points yeah i was gonna say she gets two points and let's also say that she is a hundred percent willing to exploit the death of a dog to get laid yep <laughs> it also reminds me of a a later show she's on on sons of anarchy she's she's a major uh character in that show and there's a lot of instances where people die and things like that and then people have sex that night and, and yep. it's, it's oh you know yeah yeah and yeah. Th- there's one I can't say and it's uh it's very related to her so I I can't really say in case nobody watched that show but yeah it's it's very weird how there's like hints of uh, <laughs> that kind of thing going on foreshadowing so uh, it's weird when they go upstairs that night they just leave the patio door open and, and the whole show is about prowlers breaking into your house and they leave <laughs> the doors wide open so that was kind of funny. Oh, well, you know, maybe they didn't realize it was open because Steve was the last one to come in. Oh, yeah. So, that like, that's a nice catch. But I think there might be an explanation with that when they just didn't check. Now, they still should have checked. I understand why Peggy didn't check. She was busy trying to get laid from a right. dead dog. 
But Al, Al is a man. He should have checked. Yeah, well, also, he should have went out and addressed the body of the dog in some way. I mean, at least yeah. grab its paws <laughs> and drag it near your – do something. I don't know. Well, what are you going to do it? It's, it's like one – It's black like bag. One, yeah, <laughs> but it's like – it's like 1 a.m. in the morning. It it can wait till the morning. Oh, no, man. It can wait till the sun's up. <laughs> no way. Think... Raccoons and all kind of nasty critters out there. <laughs> well, good. Maybe they'll lessen the load. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what time of year it is, but if it's, if oh, it's hot out. <laughs> that reminds me. I'm actually really glad you said that. In the beginning of this episode, he says that uh, it's the return of warm weather and and feet don't match up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to Alex about this. At one of the points when Steve leaves the house, like, during the daytime, uh, the next morning, Al says he took care of the dog. He had to pay the garage or the uh, trash can guy $20. And then he admits that he only gives the dude a dollar every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just to show you how cheap he is. But he gives him 20 bucks and a six-pack of beer to take care of the dog. Right. Steve comes over and was like, hey – a lot of things were said last night. We didn't mean it. You know, just give us back the doll, Bella's body, and we'll, we want to give it a proper burial, and we'll forget all about this, which is the universe once again standing right in Al's face and just slapping him. Yep. Just <laughs> the universe had to get that one last hit in. So you have the, the back and forth, and you know how I talked about how you can tell facial expressions in this? Mm-hmm. Watch, if you go back to rewatch this episode, watch him during Al, during this conversation. He puts his hand on his head like he's thinking. His his head turns really quickly as you see him pop with an answer in his head to get to like give to Steve about the body of like, well, well, hell, I just got rid of the body. Uh oh, wait, yeah, let me do it. I caused all the problems. Let me bury the dog. Right. But if you watch the like him as an actor, the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. The thought like you can see him thinking, you can see him pop with a solution, the quick head turn, him giving the 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 quick answer like that was just amazing. I, I know I'm really particular in this kind of stuff for this show. No, it's good that, stuff, man. That was a highlight to me because I was just like. That is acting that because that's how we do it in real life. Like we have that subtle like head turn as we realize what's going on but Mm -hmm. my point uh of all this was when steve leaves you can see christmas lights the old classic big bulbed uh orange blue green like full you can't see through painted uh christmas lights hanging on the window and after you said that i watched and i saw it and here's what i observed which is more telling in the next episode those lights are not there Oh, but no, they are. They, at the end of the episode, at the end of episode four, you say I have it in my notes. You, well, at some point they're not. Oh, are they? Yeah, I looked and there was nothing at one point. So you know, what, Alex, you're right? They they left at some point. I think I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. But they are there at the end of episode four. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to look at that. So let's talk about what this means. Al is lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys who leave the lights on year-round and just light them up in December. <laughs> and only yeah. three of them. The funny part is only three light. So why would you even waste your time leaving them on if they don't even work? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like one strand. That's Well, I mean, that's I, we have to assume we haven't really seen like a full outside shot of the house except for like the, the uh, end of the opening uh, theme song. Well, no, I'm talking. I'm I'm using my uh, future knowledge. <laughs> uh, there is a Christmas episode in season, I believe, three. I think. Really, is that the first time that it's a uh, Christmas episode? Season three? Uh, no, season two has a Christmas episode too. It's called "You Better Watch Out," oh, okay. and it, it's amazing. But uh, season three or four is I don't, either one of those two is epic, dude. Sam Kennison is in it. It is amazing. It's a two-parter. It's a big, big deal. And uh, he, when he's outside, he he, put, he lights the lights up. Like three of them are lit, just like Homer Simpson in the first Simpsons episode. <laughs> that's it's hilarious. Lit. That's what it is. He's just a lazy bum. Oh, that makes me laugh. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, <laughs> I'm Dr. Shoe. A while back, I advertised my shoe line, but apparently. You weren't watching. (laughs) 
So I'm back. And you can't tell me you haven't bought defective shoes. Because I know. I sell them. So call 555-SHOE. Even if you don't have a problem and you just want to talk about feet, call. I'm serious. This is not a recorded message. I am a human being, damn it. That number is 555-SHOE. Let's go. Like Jerry said, Al, Al just threw the dog's body into a, the trash heap. <laughs> you know, he told the garbage man at least. That was nice of him. And then pried him with, with a six-pack and, and 20 bucks. Guy was willing to throw in the back of the garbage. Uh, Steve wants a proper burial. So now Al has to come up with, you know, he comes up with a whole idea that we'll bury him. So at least that gets the dog out of Steve's hands. Yep. And, uh, you know, he keeps possession now that he has to fake it. So they have this whole, like, real funeral, I think, in the Bundy's backyard, or maybe it might have been Steve's backyard. It's I'm Steve's. Not... I'm sure it's Steve's backyard because Steve said they wanted to bury him under the okay. tree where he did his business. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really well done. And the only people I suppose they can get to be in this funeral, the neighborhood watch, <laughs> so they're all <laughs> They perform uh, the whole thing, and the crate was $150. That means that this whole thing has now cost Al like five hundred bucks between the gun and this thing now, which has to be like over like an entire paycheck or or oh, more, God. right? Multiple paychecks. For him. Oh, <laughs> and on top of that, the best part is when Peggy tells him how she got the crate to weigh so much. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the final jab. Yeah, not only did we slap you in the face this entire episode, but. Right before it's over, <laughs> we're going to let you know that that crate is being weighed down by your bowling ball. His <sighs> brand new one, by the way. Right. Yeah. <sighs> she she loads up with rocks and everything else. That wasn't enough. Don't get bigger rocks. Don't find bricks. Just find a maximum 16-pound bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and my here's my question for, for about Peggy. Where does she buy her clothes? It's literally like she bought, like— the Max from Saved by the Bell has a gift shop, and that's where she buys all of her clothes. <laughs> like, it is just bright, and it looks – it look, like, I swear to you, if you go back and watch Saved by the Bell, the intro, right? all the backgrounds, little, Peggy wears them at some point in the show. <laughs> hey, man, she has style. Is that what you call it? Oh, yeah. No, I love, I love how Peg dresses. And as a side note, when they were giving her uh, the character of Peg – Katie Seagull said uh, she was not into how they wanted her to look at all. She was supposed to look like a white trash loser housewife, like uh, who just wears jeans and white t-shirts with like print on the front or just like really uh, gross, like a, a loser sitting, like almost trailer park type. Oh, no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have been good. Pig Bundy was originally seen as a couch potato. Katie Seagal had a different spin. And when she auditioned, her version of Peg made a huge impression. She saw her not as a couch potato, but, you know, you know, someone who still thought of herself as a hot chick. She wore the capri pants and she wore the six-inch high mules. I read the script and I thought, you know, she should really care about herself. I mean, she dresses herself up and I sort of see her as an ex-cocktail waitress and... You know, she just, I just love that she takes such good care of herself. She came in, read, that was it. She, she was, she was Peggy Bundy, and it was fantastic. She came up with that whole thing, and, and oh my God, is that such a better way to go? Like, looking at Peggy as like a trashy loser, I don't think would have worked. It, it literally could have ended the show, potentially. You know what I mean? It, it might not have been as, like, connected. A lot people might not have connected with it as much. I wouldn't have. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And Something on, so simple. On the subject of Peggy, do y'all think she put the bowling ball in there on purpose, or it was just fresh on her mind since she hid bullets there? <laughs> like, did she do this as like throughout this series? I'm gonna. I always have the question of: Did she do something because she's dumb, or did she do it on purpose to be spiteful? I think she did it on purpose to be spiteful. I think she's dumb. Yeah? See, I'm hmm. torn between both because really she could have done it just because I got to find something that weighs heavy. Oh, well, I did just hide his bullets in the bowling ball. The bowling ball weighs a lot. Let me put it in there. And she doesn't have regard to his stuff. She's not going to think he's going to get 
mad. She's just going to do it because it's just the first thing she thinks of. But why would she do it on purpose in the sense that I'm going to screw Al today? Like, I think he's been through enough. She was already turned on by him shooting the dog. So she's not exactly against it. She hated the dog. She was not against buying the gun. There's really no reason for her to be mad or be spiteful to him at, in this point. Unless she doesn't like when he bowls. Eh, she never really, I don't know. She never, she doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah. Okay, well, the series, yeah. I'm going to go with just dumb then. I All think right. Alex has a good point on this. I think I'm going to have to go with dumb. Yeah, because I don't see the motivation here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what about, you're talking about dressing. How about Marcy wearing the sunglasses at the funeral? It's like, it's like I, wrote, I wrote in my notes, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can bury my dog. Oh, you want to hear something crazy? I heard that song on the way home today, right before we recorded. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. Like, oh, how my weird God. I just, I had it in my notes, and I was like, in my, and like, in my notes, I even debate. I put sing with a question mark. Should I just say it on the show or sing it? And I decided, well, I hate myself, so I'm going to sing it. Yeah, just sing it. Yeah, who cares? We're, uh, we're beyond uh, having, people who listen to the show actually walk around with bags on their heads. Anyone who <laughs> listens to the show is so embarrassed about it, so it's okay. Yeah, one of the bags says bag written on it. <laughs> so uh, the the great punchline at the very end, it's beautifully written, too. I mean, the fact that Peggy did that and Al's like, you put my bowling ball in there. And then all of a sudden he starts crying and then he gets up and he's crying. And Steve goes to console him thinking he's crying for this stupid <laughs> dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> and really, it's just for his bowling ball. Like, yeah. Absolutely great. I mean, God, the writing is so good, man. Oh, it, it, just, it just hits every point, and it's so good. You know, it's just, it's funny that she put his ball in there, and then you make it funnier because then Al cries, and Steve thinks it's for the funeral. Like, oh, just so good. Now, I'd like to uh, say a few words about the dearly departed. <laughs> As you know, Bella was more than a dog to Marcy and me. He was family, one of us. Bella will be missed, but his death was not in vain. He taught us about the value of life and that guns and violence are not the answer to society's ills. <laughs> we can take consolation in the knowledge that well, he only lived one year in dogs' years. He, he lived seven in people years. What a great job. Never having owned a pet before. I gotta hand it to you. I didn't realize that box even feels heavy enough to have a dog in it. What'd you put in there anyway? Some rocks and your bowling ball. But knowing that he's right here in the backyard where he was so happy makes us all feel a little less free. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast.com at gmail.com there you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing any clips you send may be played on a future show thanks for checking out this review now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode so uh how do we rate marry with children episode three but i didn't shoot the deputy Justin, how many radios would you give back to Al now that he's missing one for how good this episode is? Wow. How many car radios would you give him? How many car radios would I give Al? Uh, I would probably give Al uh, three and a half car radios. Have to break one in half. 
Nice. Yeah, right. That's kind of worthless. <laughs> here, here you go, Al. Here's three car radios and a half of one. Good luck. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully one of the other three guys give you another half. Yeah, for real. Uh, how about you, Jerry? How do you rate this episode? How many car radios? I I, I looked at the episode, and uh, the inner Dan Chase was like, Jerry, you have to give it a zero. He killed a dog. You can't have this. <laughs> and I was like, Dan, Dan, just go watch Scream, man. It's fine. And I, and I got it out, and I was like, you know what? I don't love this episode, but it's solid. So I'm giving it just a, a straight three car radios out of five. It's a good episode. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Nothing. Uh, there were some boring parts for me, but there were some really good one-liners. So it was kind of right dead in the middle. Three out of five car radios. I, uh, mm. I, I, I liked it. See, I give it a half point for killing the dog. <laughs> See, I don't want Dan Chase to hunt me down because he's he he's from like Boston or something, and he knows people. He's got connections. I'm gonna end up as a prop on an Adam Green movie. I know I'm not doing sleep that. with the fishes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I give uh, this episode because of such of the. There's so many great one-liners, like you said, and, and there's so many great moments to it, and it's definitely memorable. If this was not good, I like I could literally paint the whole thing in my mind and just see the whole episode. So th- that alone tells me something, that even if I don't see this as a standout episode, I think I really like it. And I have seen it about like 20 times, so I definitely really like it. So that's a, that's a four car radios out of five. It seems like an episode that I would probably always remember. Like, oh, that time Al shot the dog. Like, like it seems like one of those type of episodes. Yeah, it's not standout in the sense that you'd put it in a top ten of Married with Children episodes, but it is, uh, it's a standout in, in the sense that you'll never forget it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I also feel like if I was going back to rewatch the series and I was skipping certain episodes, I would skip this episode because I would, I would go, oh, yeah, he kills the dog. There was this line, this line, this line. Yeah, I remember that one. I'll go to the next one. You say that now, but wait till you're on episode uh, nine and you think about it. You're like, I don't remember anything about it, <laughs> except that he killed the dog. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed the review of uh, episode three, Married with Children. Uh, tune in for the next show when we review Whose Room Is It Anyway? Steve and Marcy plan to add a new room onto their house using their tax refund money. Al convinces Steve to make it into a billiards room while Peg convinces Marcy to make it into an exercise room, which leads to an all-out battle of the sexes to see who will win. So tune in to the next episode, and we will uh, tackle that one. Uh, ooh, guys, uh, it's looking like uh, last call time. Uh, we need to get out of here. And uh, Justin, can I get a ride home? Uh, yeah, but I do not have a car radio that we can listen to. Some asshole stole it. Ah. Uh. What are the chances? Like, what a coincidence. Yeah. You know what? I'll just, I'll just walk home. It's fine. I'll tell you what. There's nothing like sleeping at the nudie bar. I had a great time, you know, two weeks ago doing that. I'm just going to go ahead and stay here. Mm-hmm.